have in yourselves the attitude of Christ, who, though his state was divine, did not cling to his equality with God, but humbled himself and became man. And in being man, became obedient until the cross. Another parable of the vineyard. Last Sunday, we heard the parable of different workers in the vineyard that arrived at different times. But they were all graciously rewarded by the landowner. And some grumbled. Today, we hear another parable of workers in the vineyard. Two sons invited to go and work in the vineyard. One said, no, I won't go. But later went. The other said, ah, sir, no. I'm already there. But he didn't go. And Jesus asked a question. Of course, we know whom he was addressing. The chief priests and the scribes. Go back some chapters behind Matthew's gospel. Jesus had entered Jerusalem ready to face all opposition and end up in, the, in death on the cross. He entered triumphantly and entered straight to the temple. And he found that the service of the temple had become a service of corruption and business. As if he had entered a Nigerian church today. Where many of us who are supposed to be serving the Lord in all humility have become pure, undiluted businessmen without conscience. And he drove them out. And upon driving them out, these leaders of religion asked him, but by whose authority are you doing this? How dare you challenge us? Jesus didn't answer them. He gave them another poser. I will ask you a question. John's 
authority. Where did it come from? And their hypocrisy, they said they didn't know. And he didn't answer them. Now, this is the context. And he started telling them these parables. One, two, three. After which, they went on the attack. You read and you continue. You see them then asking him delicate and difficult questions in order to find an excuse. Because after the parable of the unfaithful and untrustworthy and wicked vine dressers, they had wanted to arrest him there and then, but they were afraid of the people. That was the context of this second parable of laborers in the vineyard. And he asked them a questions. Of these two sons, which of them did the will of the father? I will change the question. I want parents to answer me. Of these two sons, which of them was a good son? Zanam? Eh? The first son. Eh? Good son. Oh, no, Mecheri, Jegde, oh, Mecheri. I want to tell you one thing. My father was a strict and no nonsense disciplinarian and a teacher. On Saturdays, during the rainy season, we had an assignment to work in the farm. During the dry season, we had another assignment to take all our clothes to the stream, the five, six kilometers away. And of course, every evening, homework. Before in Get on Who are you? The first child. And you have the temerity to say no to your father. And you consider yourself a good son. The other one said, Ah, I'm already there. <laughs> I'm the pledge in a bazaar. <laughs> this cathedral can't be built with pledges. And of course, you know that after every fundraising in any church, Catholic church, the pledges are always more than the cash. And at the end, the amount collected is never up to half the pledges. I will. I'm in your hundred thousand. I'm with ten double. Hey, gori, hey, baza. Hey, gori, hey, vriela, jedie, mabori, emegdi, hey. Me, hey, wotegite, hey, gori, natra. 
I bow for you. I bow for you. I'll go, go. But they will never go. Jesus was addressing, of course, the chief priests and the scribes. And he was reminding them that even though they thought they were the leaders of religion, they were already last. Because those whom they thought were the sinners, the prostitutes, the tax collectors, they were already making their way to the kingdom. Before them, don't forget that this was recorded by Matthew, a tax collector who had become an apostle. Don't forget that one sinner, a woman who was a sinner, came and wept at his feet, regretting her sins, and the scribes and Pharisees were busy criticizing. So he was telling them, you think you are first, but you are already last. Enlarge it. Enlarge it to apply it to all the Jews of the time. Who thought since they were the chosen people of God in the book of Exodus, you read I think in chapter 24, whatever the Lord says we shall do. Did they do it? No. All the Jews. Meanwhile, the Gentiles had started accepting the message. And we are changing their lifestyle and accepting the love brought by Christ. You thought you were first. You are already last too. But that message is for all of us, not just the chief priests and the scribes, not just the Jews, but for all of us. This parable does not give any of those children as an example to imitate. None of them is praiseworthy. None of them is a good child. A child who says outright no to his father is not a good child. Because while you say no, what assurance do you have that you will have another opportunity of changing your mind? no. Bam! How will you then become the good child who will then think better of it? There is another thing we have to bear in mind about the child, the son who said yes and did not go. We are not told why he did not go. It is possible he never meant the promise he gave. But he just wanted to fool his father, as many of us do before God. I Every time. Jesus, 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 by the way, 
The second reading tells us that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Christians in Nigeria today have debased that name. We no longer call that name with respect. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Do you know God man as Jesus? Anything you are doing, Jesus. Because Satan knows that any time the name of Jesus is mentioned with respect, every knee must bow in heaven, on earth, and under, even including Equinsu. One priest once says, that's why Satan doesn't like the rosary. Because when you are praying the rosary, you are saying Hail Mary 53 times, and you call the name of Jesus 53 times, and he hates it. So, I have a pagamando to Christiania. A poor chaplet to Every time we have Jesus on our lips, of course, the old song. Tiwano Biani Chuku, Barrio Biani Chuku, Alezegi. Leave the rest with these Nigerians outside the church or even inside the church. Do I need to say more? Every time on our lips, our professional faith, but then you watch our lives, you just know. We are making mockery of God. But it is also possible that that young man wanted to go. He meant well, but he was distracted or he forgot or he found other things that he thought were more important and didn't go anymore. Well, whether the first child or the second child, Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6 says, We all have gone astray like sheep, each one going his own way. But the Lord has led our sins on him for our own salvation. And it is repeated in Psalm 14, verse 3. Psalm 53 verse 4 which looked two of them look like a copy one of the other. There is not one single just man left. Not one. All have sinned. And Paul repeats it in Romans chapter 3 verse 23. We have all sinned and been deprived. Some translations say fall short. We have all sinned and we all fall short of God's glory. And, but we have been saved 
by his mercy, by the justification we receive in Christ. That redemption in Christ is our Savior. And verse 24, he then says, Apart from that grace, none of us would have been saved. Finally, on 20, verse 27, he asks, What ground then do you have for boasting if your salvation has come not from any merit of yours but the gracious, gratuitous gift of God? He said, It is ruled out. We have all fallen astray. We have all gone astray. How many of us have made solemn promises before God and man? Yes, sir, I will go. Yes, Lord, look at me, send me. But immediately after that promise, I will give a few examples, but these are only examples. Because it applies to every stage and level of life and social and religious class. Can be done The day you are appointed bishop. Before ever a bishop is ordained, he takes an oath of office, swearing with his hand on the holy book, the Bible. And before the image of Christ crucified, he swears to uphold the teachings of the church which we have received from the apostles and to obey and respect the Holy Father, the Pope, as the head of the college of the apostles. Every single bishop, auxiliary, apostolic, nuncio, bishop, Cardinal, everybody. Okay, the cardinal is before you are appointed, when you are appointed cardinal, you swear to give your life and everything you have in defense of the church and the Pope. And after that, you find bishops, you find cardinals who exercise their own intelligence and holiness by opposing the Pope. Yes, I will go. Send me. Will you do this? Yes. Will you do this? Yes. Will you do this? Will you give your life for the people of God? Yes, I will. I will do it. Once the people of God started coming, they said, man's Who are you? What right do you now have to claim? And in the face of that, do you talk about priests? Before any deacon or priest is ordained, he makes promises before God of purity, chastity, prayer life, devotion to the teachings of the church, celebrating devoutly the sacraments, and he kneels down. Boreka, we bishop, Neka, he kneels down and promises unquestioning obedience. But once you impose hands on them, now they become such gifted, powerful men of God that they take instructions only from the crowd hailing them. If the bishop tells them, hey, 
you are fighting man of God because you have no gift of the Holy Spirit. Everywhere. And those who destroy those priests are the Catholics who are trooping around them every day, making them believe they are doing the right thing. That is not what we promised. That was not what we answered when the Lord called. Oh, Makanda sister. Irubishi. Idocha. Idobenye. Hmm. I have general, Was that what you promised? All of us. All of us. Even Major Rogi Baramu, Chukwama, Major Lange Baramu, Chukwama, Even I, Susu and so, take you. So, 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 and so, to be my husband, to be my wife, I promise to love, respect, obey, uh, listen, love, everything to you, without questioning whether you are sick or poor. I will never beat you. I will never slap you. I will never disobey you. I will never insult you. I will give you everything. You, uh, you are my sweet. You are my honey. You are my pepper soup. Till God do us part. <laughs> Sorry. Where are you now? You said, Lord, yes, I will go. Where are you now? You married man. You married woman. On the day of your wedding, do you remember your matrimonial vows? You who were confirmed. You promised to die rather than deny Christ and his church. Where are you now? Oh, yeah, I will go. Oh, do we come even lower down? On the day the president of this nation and the governors of this nation were sworn in, they took an oath of office holding whatever they considered sacred to live and govern according to the constitution and the laws of the land without fear or favor and discharging their duties as much as lies in their capacity as human beings. How many of them care that we have a constitution? How many of them care that there are Nigerians to whom they are responsible? If you watch the appointments on the national level in this country, you will think there were only one ethnic group and one religion. If any state governor dares to be inclusive in his governance, 
to include everybody, not only those from his party or his area, his people will revolt. Not the two weak. Yes, I will go. That is what they swear on that day. Yeah, I will go, Lord. Send me to the vineyard and I will change a lot. Before teenage, we have me here. Where are you now, Mr. President? Where are you now, Mr. Governor? Baramo is in one of the promises you made in your moment of excitement on your moments of trouble God does something good to you in your life and you promise hey you said, yes, sir, I will go. Where is that promise now? Do you not know what happens when a man or a woman married or religious or priest has been unfaithful to his or her matrimonial or priestly or religious vows? Where when a married man, a married woman, a priest, a sister, a brother, a monk enters trouble because of his or her sin, Lord, have mercy on me this time. I will not go that way again, 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 again. Immediately he or she comes out from that. Celebrating that sin again. Constantly. Drunkards who get into trouble. Gamers. Betters. Who get into trouble because of their bad habits. When they touch the ground and the bottom of the valley, they promise God, if I see light again, I won't go back there. And God pulls them out. And they roll back with the same speed. Mere me bere, o chinete. Read the whole of the book of Ezekiel, chapter eighteen, when you go back home, and God will tell you now. It is no longer about your promises or where you started. It is where you are now. It is not even about what your father promised or did. What your parents promised or did. But what you are doing now. And the Jews said, what the Lord is doing is unjust. No, I am not being unjust. I am just handling my children where they are now. Because it is in the now that we have our salvation. Not in the yesterday. Now, lessons. One. None of us is good. Either you have promised and you didn't do 
or you said you wouldn't do, but you are trying to do. That doesn't make you good. None of us has a reason to boast. But God does not rule any of us out. Lesson number two. Don't let your past no condition your present yes. Don't let your past life of sin condition your present life of grace and conversion. It is the now that God is judging, not the yesterday. Pick up the pieces now and God will turn you around. Of course, the story of the prodigal son tells us that he came to his mind and returned to his father because no one would look at that place on the zoo. Don't ever think that there is any past chapter in your life that is so dark that God cannot transform you into a new leaf. Give him your broken heart and he will mend the heart. You must give him the pieces. God will mend the broken heart, but you must give him the pieces. Today, not tomorrow. Lesson number three. The fact that you promised does not guarantee you anything, but rather that you do. It is not our pledges that construct and build. It is our action. It is our gift, our donation, not our pledges, not our promises, but our lives. And number four, even if like the second child, you said no and did not go. You said yes, I mean, and did not go. You still have a chance to be like the first son who said no and eventually changed. Now that you realize you said yes and you have not done it, start now. Start now. Be a good child of God. Say yes and do yes. And the only person who did that and incorporated others in doing that is Jesus Christ. He was obedient unto death. He said yes to his father and he did yes. And in doing that, he took his mother into that nature of obedience. Our mother Mary. These are the only two human beings. Perfect children of God. None of us is perfect, but each of us can be redeemed. If you said yes, and you have been doing no, now start doing yes. If you said no, now start doing yes. The important thing now, today, 26th Sunday of the year and 27th day of September 2020. Say yes and do yes.